0: After uh, the Google file system, we will talk about the Hadoop distributed file system, and HDFS is really um, quite similar to the Google file system, and was really built after its um, yeah after the Google file system uh, description, and it was originally built as an infrastructure for the uh, Notch web search engine. And it's currently used at Facebook, at LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera. So many actually use this. And the design assumptions are just like uh, Google, the Google file system. You have common hardware failures. You have large files. You have large streaming reads, small random reads. Data is once written and rarely modified. And you have a simple um, coherency uh, model so you write data once and read it many times. You can have concurrent writes, but only appends, and you don't really have the full POSIX uh, requirements. And the data is, or the, the computation, you can move the computation to the data. I mean, this is mainly necessary for MapReduce then. And again, uh, high bandwidth is more important than low uh, latency. So I'll, in this section, I'll mainly talk about the differences, or, or let's say, um, also the more the details uh, that we know in HTFS that we can only speculate in, in the Google file system. The architecture is quite similar, um, so uh, it has a few different names. So rather than primary um, and chunk server, this is called name node and data node. And we have the HDFS client and the name node. There's only one name node in general, or at least one at a time. And uh, its main task is to coordinate and it keeps the metadata, which again, is basically the file system structure and any kind of uh, metadata changes. And then we have the data nodes and there's many data nodes that contain the actual data. And uh, we have the clients that retrieve the information uh, of all of the metadata from the name node and then read the data directly from the data node. And the data nodes are usually placed between uh, or on different racks on different uh, cluster or servers. And this is also information that the, the name node is aware of. So, and the chunks or the data nodes are aware of. So, what does the name node do? The name node keeps the entire namespace in RAM, so all of the file system uh, details, the hierarchy of files and directories. And we have inodes for the different files and directories that have the attributes, permissions, modifications, access time, and disk space quarters in them. And it also keeps checkpoints uh, to the local find s- system and changes uh, recorded as a journal. So this is just like the log uh, in the Google file system. And redundant uh, copies of this information is stored on multiple local volumes and remote servers. And it also can do batches of operations for improved performance. So uh, this means that we have uh, multiple metadata updated. Then uh, they will be batched uh, and sent to the, to the journal as one. And also, if we have transactions in the metadata updates, then these are committed together. Besides the name node, we have um, or we can have multiple servers that have similar functionality. Uh, and these can be checkpointing or backup nodes. So just like the shadow nodes in the Google file system. And uh, this the role is then specified at startup. So it can be either a checkpoint or a backup node. Uh, let's say this, this shadow node. And a checkpoint mode means that it combines the existing journal. Um, on the name node with a checkpoint and then creates a new checkpoint out of this and returns the checkpoint to the name node. So it will basically just continuously create new checkpoints uh, periodically, let's say, um, in order to keep this work and load off the name node. Because in the name node, the problem is that it just keeps a long, um, history of all of the operations. And this, this history can become quite huge, and then uh, if you have to restart the server, then the restart will just take very long in order to re- like use all of the operation log to get to the current state. And so with the checkpointing nodes, we constantly have checkpoints, so our operation log will be much shorter, and we have to do less in order to get back the, um, the actual file system state, and of course this is not the data, this is really the metadata that we're talking about. And the same, uh, or an alternative version, is the backup node, and that will, rather than creating these checkpoints, it will create a backup copy um, of the metadata, just like the shadow uh, primary in, uh, in the Google file system. Then on the other hand, besides the name node and the checkpoint or the backup node, we have the data node. And the data node um, has uh, the, the act- stores the actual data. And then of course the block data. So each block contains metadata, which is um, checksums for the data and timestamps, and then the, act- the, the actual data. And the file contents is split up into blocks, which are typically 64 megabytes, just like in the Google file systems. And um, if possible, the chunks are distributed. And this is really for throughput. So if we, if we ch- distribute the chunks, then we can read the, the large files in parallel. And on startup, the data node connects to the name node and performs a handshake. They verify the namespace and software version. Uh, the data node is registered at the name node and uh, the data node sends a block report. So all of the block metadata, which is also renewed every hour. So if there's some corruption or something going wrong, then basically the the name node will know and, uh, and fix things. And then it begins. starts uh, starts sending heartbeat signals to the name node, which contains storage capacity and other statistics relevant for the rebalancing. And uh, if there's uh, node failure, so this is about fault tolerance, if we have a node failure um, prior to Hadoop 2.0, uh, the name node was the single point of failure, and now we have either uh, two redundant uh, name nodes in uh, kind of this active-passive configuration, so the backup name node. Um, or, or, and we can have independent name nodes for independent, uh, for namespace regions, so we can actually split up our file system into different uh, namespaces and place different namespaces, uh, different name nodes there, in order to balance the load across the name nodes. The data node sends a heartbeat every three seconds to the uh, name node, and if there's no heartbeat message, then the data node is considered dead. Um, This means we have to rebalance, we have to uh, re-replicate the data uh, from the data node. and the, The primary or the name node will know which chunks or which blocks of data are placed on a data node, and so then it can use replicas from other data nodes and uh, and copy them to, to a new, either a new data node or rebalance it across other data nodes that are still, are still alive. If we have corrupted data, um, or in order to not have corrupted data, we have a checksum. So all of the blocks contain a, a checksum. And so thus, the client can quickly check um, if the if the file that it receives is actually correct, and also the data node send uh, the checksums to the name node periodically, and with this, basically the name node can check if the if the checksums are still okay. So it will actually compute the checksum and see if it's correct. And if they're not, if the checksum doesn't match the previous checksum or the expected checksum, um, then uh, Basically, uh, the, uh, yeah. if everything's fine, then nothing will happen. If we see there is an error, then um, if we cannot find any data block that's, that doesn't have this error, then the, the user will receive all of the data, even with the corrupted data, uh, and will, can locally try to, to somehow mitigate these problems and fix the problem. And finally, we, we have uh, replication. So typically, um, we have triple replication in most setups. And um, of course, within a rack, we have better bandwidth. So we want to place uh, multiple chunks within a rack or multiple blocks. However, um, it also makes sense that we uh, put at least one uh, block on, into a different rack because there we might have a problem. Um, like if if a rack dies or if we have some yeah this is actually the main case if a rack dies, then uh, we can go to the other rack and we still have a copy, and so for this um, that's why we we place the data on multiple racks. But within a rack, we'll have faster access to the same data and. Um, if, I mean, there's, there's this trade-off, right? So if we, plug, if we put it on multiple RECs, then we might be able to read um, on one REC different data faster, um, but copying the data will take more time. And talking of failures and problems, uh, there's actually another, besides replication, there's another technique in order to get um, a better fault tolerance, and that's erasure coding. And this we'll talk about in the next video.